I wanted to start today with um, just a quick story. Um, in 2016 or so, the end of 2016, I actually um, did something pretty radical for me because I, I grew up with um, little access to the internet. My parents pretty much guarded that. We shared an email account with dad and you know, they read our little emails, you know, what, what would a preteen have to say to their other preteen that they see every day at school, but that was our access. And so whenever I was in college and got introduced to Facebook, that was a whole new world um, for me. But going into motherhood, tracking up to 2016, like I was talking about, I, I had to um, remove stuff from my phone because I found just mentally, after having a baby, choosing to stay home, losing my circle of work people, that Facebook was not healthy for me. And so um, I did something crazy, and I actually took the apps off my phone of all social media, and I had Marcus block it from my Safari because I would go look it up, you know. <laughs> so some of you have tried too. Yeah, take the app off. And so God just used, um, for, so for a whole year, my only access was on a desktop. So I had to like plan to be on the internet. You know, I had to plan to go to Facebook. It was ridiculously hard to post pictures of my kids, you know, because I had to like send it from my phone to my computer. You know, so much work. Um, but that year, God really used um, to, to break um, some things in me, some habits in me that weren't good. So anyways, I just want to share that story because that kind of leads into where we're going today. Um, but let me um, pray for us real quick. Um, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you um, that you are living water, God. I just feel like we got such a taste of that this morning already, Lord, um, as we got to experience worship, Lord. And I just am so thankful um, for your for your word, God, for the way that you use um, Pastor Aaron and Letty to help us um, just taste you this morning, God. I just pray that you would um, be with us during the rest of our time together, God, that you would give us good conversation and that you would um, just continually guide us, Lord, that we would seek um, living water from you because um, that's what satisfies, Lord. Thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Um, so today we're going to be in um, Jeremiah 2. And I'm calling this chat uh, Nomo FOMO. Anybody know what I mean when I say Nomo FOMO? Anybody? No more fear of missing out, right? So that's like the basis of me having to delete things off my phone back in 2016 was I had this, I am missing out on life. I am missing out on these adventures. And that was not um, true because God had me in a different place at that time. So we're going to read in chapter two. I'm just going to read part of it. Um, even though later I'll kind of reference some other parts of chapter 2 of Jeremiah. So, um, starting verse 1. The word of the Lord came to me, that's Jeremiah, saying, Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem, thus says the Lord. I remember your devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, how you followed me in the wilderness, in a land not sown. Do we have the slides for this or not? Just checking. If not, that's okay. Thanks. I'll keep checking. In. I'm in verse 3. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who ate of it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them, declares the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Jacob, and all the clans of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, What wrong did your fathers find in me that they went far from me and went after worthlessness and became worthless? They did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness, in the land of deserts and pits, in a land of drought and deep darkness, in a land that none passes through, where no man dwells, 
And I brought you into a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits and its good things. But when you came in, you defiled my land and you made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where is the Lord? Those who handle the law did not know me. The shepherds transgressed against me and the prophets prophesied by Baal. And they went after things that do not profit. Therefore, I contend with you, declares the Lord, and with your children's children, and I will contend. For the for cross to the coast of Cyprus and sea, or send to Kadar and examine with care. See if there has been such a thing. Has a nation changed its gods, even though there are no gods? But my people have changed their glory for which, which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this, and be shocked. Be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So where we're going to start here is um, there's warnings in this passage. And the first warning is that we we're forgetting where we've been rescued and we're forgetting God. And so in our key verse, it talks about we have committed two evils by forsaking him and then he hewing cisterns and so back in the day they would they would build their cities around water right you need water to live and when a city would outgrow that water source they would dig massive like caverns to be able to collect rainwater and you can imagine their disappointment because god says that their cisterns didn't hold water so i have a real life example if you want to put that picture up um then it should be nice this is like the only picture i could find but when my parents um, built a house out in the country when I was about 10 years old, and behind the house is a big tank, which is just a southern girl's word for a man-made lake. <laughs> and my papa used to actually maintain this tank, and I have like one or two vague memories of going fishing with him in this tank. And so when my parents built this um, area of family land to build their house, my dad, one of the first things he did was build that bridge across it. It was had been empty since my papa had passed, and... Um, the plan was to fill it with water. And so there's a nearby creek. My dad's a farmer. He hooked up his irrigation and stole some water to fill up the tank. And so we are so excited. Me and my younger sister were like, we're going to be like living on the water. We're talking about paddle boats and like kayaks. We're having all these big dreams about what we're going to do in this tank. So it takes about a few days to fill it up, right? Because the water's getting pumped up from the nearby creek. And it stayed for a good week. Um, And what happened was, as the years had gone by, gophers, (laughs) love those little guys, had been digging holes and trails um, from one inch of the tank to the other side. There was like a big drop-off down a hill. And so gophers had been building their tunnels in their homes, creating holes in the tank. And so it couldn't hold any water, and it wasn't going to hold any water. And we were so disappointed. I mean, you would think that... um, we would have gone out there and helped dad try to pack the holes with dirt. But it just, I mean, after years of not being kept up, there was no way. And so to this day, still behind my parents' house is an empty tank with a bridge across it. And it's just, whenever I read this passage, I was like, thank you, God, for giving real life application. Because sometimes I struggle with, okay, what can I bring out of my life that connects with that? Um, But we had real life experience with a cistern that couldn't hold water. And what disappointment. And God says that's what his people were doing because they had forgotten him and they had sought water or fulfillment from something else. Um, Number two is 
he points out that they weren't enjoying what God had graciously provided. In verse 7, um, he points out, I brought you to a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits and to enjoy good things. And whenever we have this fear of missing out, we're, not, we're missing what he's already given us and we're not seeing what's in front of us. And number three, um, we're searching for water, or for water um, from wells that can't hold any water. Um, that's our key verse that we just talked about. And then finally, he points out, number four, that we're de- denying our sin. And this one kind of, it feels like it doesn't fit, but it's all throughout this chapter. Um, because later in verse 35, um, he jumps in and he says, You say that I am innocent, and surely God's anger has turned from me. Behold, I will bring you to judgment for saying I have not sinned. How much you go about changing your way, you will be put to shame. Um, They were denying that they were looking anywhere else for water. And I can do the same thing um, in my life whenever I am experiencing fear of missing out. Because the root of my problem isn't my phone. And the root of my problem isn't social media. It's the love that is attached to that. Just like we know the Bible verse that says that it's not money that's the root of evil. It's the love of money. It's looking to money for that um, security blanket, if you will. Um, we, we're committing idolatry when we do that. Um, my belief that anything else other than El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God, will make me happy, um, will complete me, will satisfy me, will give me peace, or will fill me, that's idolatry. Um, because the truth is, um, having a cleaner house is not going to satisfy me. Um, having a newer car is not going to satisfy me. And if I can stop putting that, um, that little planner that's in my head that's always like, well, when we get to here, then things will be better. Or when my two-year-old's potty trained, then we will be better. Or when we move out of this area into this new place, then things will be better. That's me looking for water. If I'm being honest, that's me looking for water from a different well, from a well that's not going to satisfy. Um, because my hunger is too great. My hunger is bigger than the next job, than the next raise. My hunger is bigger than the next stage of life for my kids. It's true. And we know that's true, but yet we spend so much of our time um, striving after those things. Um, There's an interesting um, thing one of my childhood pastors used to say a lot. Um, He said, you can look at your schedule or your bank account and you can find out who your God is. And so um, is God really my God? Or like we talked about earlier, are our activities our God? Um, What's trumping um, where we where we spend our money or spend our time? And so as we, as we look at the, just the idea of fear of missing out, um, there was a great blog. If you've ever been to the um, mops.org, it's a great website to visit because they're, they're constantly updating it with um, blogs from different moms. Um, they're part of mops across the country. And there was one that was talking about the fear of missing out. And I thought she identified the word or defined the word fear in a real way. She, she used each letter in fear to mean something and she said it's false evidence appearing real so this false evidence appearing real is that if only i had this dot 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 then i'll be happy or content and so that's really the heart of the fear of missing out um because we know the truth the bible says that i'm not missing out the bible says that no good thing does he withhold from him that that loves him that's in psalms Um, We know that God created us for a unique purpose. 
Um, Luke 12, 15 says, Take care. Be on your guard against all covetousness. That's wanting what others have. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And I have to remind myself of that often because it's so easy to say, Oh, look, she's on a cruise. I've never been on a cruise. Or, oh, look, she, she's going to Disney. I'm not, I can't imagine toting my three kids through Disney right now, but I want to go because they're there. You know, it sounds awesome. And so we have to remind ourselves that what we're seeing is each other's highlight reels. And so if you're in a place like me where mentally you know that you're mindlessly scrolling or that when you're in that lull, that's where you go. Where does your mind go? Um, Where does your thought life go? Do you have to fill that time? Um, Does the stoplight mean that you have to get out your phone? Does waiting in line mean you have to get out your phone? Do we know how to wait? Where does our mind linger? Those are just questions I want us to think about. Um, There's some decision statements that I kind of just jotted down as I was studying this. Um, So if one of these, one or two of these jump out as we go through, um, write it down and maybe think about, ponder about what what you may do. Especially, I think, um, Lent can kind of feel like a New Year's for us too. Because we can kind of have a resolution to do something different or to make a change. So if that's, if one of these jumps out at you, um, um, please jot it down. So one of the things I thought about was... Um, when I don't have all the facts, I will not fill in the gaps with my own imagination. When I find myself feeling left out or less than or unimportant, I will choose to unfollow. Unfollow is great. You don't have to unfriend somebody. Just unfollow them for 30 days. If, if something's not being healthy for you, um, do that. Or hide things from your mini feed if it's not healthy. If you catch yourself with that spirit of discontent, just hide it. Hide it. Um, Number three, I will be intentionally present where I am by. Is there some place that you realize that you're not being present, that you think God wants you to be present? That could be like, hey, when I go to the backyard with my kids, my phone stays in the house. It's not that far away. And we all grew up as kids playing in the backyard, and our moms didn't bring their phones. Their phones were attached to the wall, and we all lived. We all lived. Um, Number four, I will instigate a plan of neglect. Um, I heard about this in that same mom's blog, and she was talking about choosing to do something else first. So instead of the first thing, because a lot of us, our alarm is our phone, right? We don't have real clocks anymore either. So instead of checking our social media, our email, or our notifications first, have the plan of neglect. Like, hey, I'm going to get myself out of bed, get dressed, you know, maybe maybe you're going to have some sort of rhythm or routine that you do first before you go um, to those uh, outlets. So planning to neglect it until. Um, number five, I will turn off notifications or I will remove certain apps or make them less accessible for a season. I didn't stay without um, all social media on my phone for forever. I After a year, I felt like I was, I was in a good place that I could bring Instagram back with being okay. And then um, I didn't have Facebook until this year. So for four years, I didn't have it on my phone and I had it blocked. And that was the most healthy thing I could have done because I was in a season where I couldn't honestly tell you I'm going to stay content while seeing other people. And I'll just be honest with you. I, I don't know that that's necessarily um, terms that everybody has to go to. I'm not saying, oh, if you have social media on your phone, you're just walking around discontent. No, but I'm just being honest with you saying like that's something that God um, pushed on me because of where I was at. 
And number six, I will only get on such and such if I'm going to post. That was another helpful thing. Instead of um, getting on Instagram just to scroll, only let yourself on if you're going to post. It'll make you post more because you want to see what's going on. But that'll also kind of get you in the rhythm of doing things that are more healthy. And then maybe there's certain days of the week that you can avoid social media. That's easy. Um, Sunday's an easy day for me to just say, I'm just not going to look at it today. I'm not going to miss that much. And it's a way for me to get my mind, um, give my mind the room and the space to be focused on the Lord. Because we as a family make the habit of coming to church, and then we make the habit of eating with our my huge extended family every Sunday. And so it's an easy way for me to say, I'm going to be present in these moments because there really is nothing notification-wise that I need to know on that day of the week. And so it's just an easy way to have a healthy rhythm. Um, so in our time uh, today, I just want to give us the opportunity um, to maybe talk about what we can maybe adopt for Lent, if, if you feel like there's something that you want to adopt, or um, just discuss... Um, what wills have we been looking to in our own lives that may not be healthy? I want to close uh, just by reading um, a verse in First John um, two, chapter or chapter two, verse sixteen. Um, when I read this a few years ago, it kind of jumped out at me that that is basically what social media is, and you didn't know that the Bible talked about it, but it does. Um, it says, "For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure and a craving for everything we see." And pride, or another, other translations say, a boasting in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And I was just cut to the heart by that phrase, boasting in our achievements and possessions, because that's what I had done. That's about all I had done in social media was boast in my achievements or possessions. And that's not what we're here for. If we're not pointing to the Lord, if we're not pointing to El Shaddai, the all-sufficient God, what are we doing? What's the point? What are, how are we influencing or impacting our, our friends or our extended family? Because we can sit around all day and say, oh, that's my way of connecting with friends from out of state. Or, oh, that's my way of connecting with grandma out of state. But really, if we're, if we're on there and we're going there when we're hungry, just like you wouldn't go to the grocery store when you're hungry, it's not smart. You buy so much stuff you don't need, don't you? And you go without a plan. Um, I just want us to go with a plan when we go in these spaces and places um, because your God loves you and he knows that that well is not going to hold any water. It's going to be an empty tank that has a cool bridge over it, but it's not going to hold any water. Um, only he um, has water. And so um, let's pray. Lord, thank you for um, real life examples. Um, that just jump out us when we're reading scripture, Lord, that you can remind us that you're the living water. And so when we're hungry, God, we can choose what we put our eyes on. And when we're hungry, we can choose where we go. God, I pray that you would just equip us and strengthen us um, to recognize the areas in our hearts that we are trying to fill by looking at others or by looking at where we think if we could just get this we'd be happy, God. I thank you that even as you said in Jeremiah 2, that you weren't going to let them be satisfied. You weren't going to let the people find help from Assyria or from Egypt. You were going to, you were going to punish that. And it wasn't because you were happy to punish us, but because you're happy to bring us back to you. So God, I just ask that in this next 
um, season of Lent as we prepare, Lord, um, to celebrate your ultimate sacrifice for our sins, God, that you would just remind us of your love and your all-sufficientness, God, that you would help us to seek you and you alone. And I thank you for these friends, Lord, that we can we can be real with each other and that we can encourage each other, Lord, um, to love you well so we can love our people well. In Jesus' name we ask, amen.